It is Thursday, July 2nd. Welcome, everyone, to Living Room Sports Talk. Kira McCauley, Zach Rothenberger, we got the great Joe Paquette joining us again. Double we didn't scare him away, Zach. This is pretty good. So this is two days in a row Joe's on duty with us. Um, yeah, look at that. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're kicking it off a little 4th of July. I even got my uh, dream team, Charles Barkley jersey on. I'm ready to rock and roll here for this holiday weekend. You guys pumped up? Oh, there we go. Yeah, I got my uh, my red, white, and blue kind of situation going on here as well. So we're we're feeling the pride, and uh, yeah, long weekend ahead. Finally, thank God. So well, heavy on the blue in that hat too. Well, heavy, big blue. That's the big blue right there. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, Joe are you ready to go? Up? Oh, uh, I mean, I've been off the whole week, so it's been easy street for me. But yeah, I'm absolutely, <laughs> I'm absolutely to get ready to get patriotic. There we Let's go. Get some girls. So it's funny. So we actually just so, you know, when we normally get our show kicked off, we do a little clickbait cleanup. Um, and we got, this is going to be a fun one. We got a whole, the whole show today is going to be 4th of July themed. I feel like right? well, we're going to be talking a lot of baseball, which is America's pastime. Um, and then we got some 4th of July uh, related chatter. And uh, we'll also break down some patriotic movies um, and some, some other fun stuff. Like the stats, the sports stats segment is going to be really fun tonight. So we're going to break down. I'll even just give everyone a good tease for the, for the start of the show. Um, so we're doing a segment tonight where, and this tweet was, I forget, was it Pete Berg? Was that his name? Um, that tweeted out so. some, a writer for ESPN. I'll pull up the graphic later tonight. Um, but he tweeted out a stat saying, can you name, um, a stat that is bizarre or just unique or off the walls that people never remember that, but it always blows your mind. Um, so we have a couple of those up our sleeve that I think will kind of get the, get the audience a little excited. We, and we'll get the chat going tonight. I think it's gonna be a fun one. A little 4th of July, uh, 4th of July fun. So we definitely hear from everyone. Um, especially as sports are coming back. Um, but without further ado, like we always kick off our show, clickbait cleanup. Uh, we're going to a little holiday edition. So maybe not as serious tonight with this, Zach. You know, a little uh, – we're taking our foot off the off the gas a little bit and, and, and maybe being more positive and patriotic. There you go. So I can, t- I can, take, there we I can go. take the uh, the box the boxing mitts off for this one? Yeah, there you go. Okay. All right. So, yeah. So I'm going to go a little, little fictitious. We're going to have some fictitious fun here. So we all seen Jaws, I'm sure, or at least – if the majority of people have seen the movie Jaws, right? So the whole publication that went out at uh, Amity Island basically saying that the beaches were okay and they were safe after a shark attack or two, that's like got to be the ultimate clickbait in fictitious movie history, right? Like you oh, have to yeah. be, like to this day in real life, I'm skeptical about going in the water because of that movie. So like if I am, like how are <laughs> you not in that, in, at Amity Island, right? So how do you buy into that, Karen? Oh, I know. Look at there's sick vandalism too, all over the all over the um, board billboard. No, you're right. It's funny. It, it, it's such a classic movie. Uh, but I know I agree. It's first of all the mayor. I mean, come on now. Social media existed to this day. Could you imagine? Oh, that would be he resigned. Like, yeah, absolutely. He'd he'd be out of town, like locked up. Oh, his Twitter would have just gotten eaten alive, and you know it, right, Joe? <laughs> now, um, can you guys hear me, Kyle? I think Joe's on mute. Yeah, I was, oh, I was, I was on mute. I was so I could hear you say. down the hallway. I was like, wait, is that <laughs> – oh, yeah, that was a little um, – yeah, see, and you know what's funny about the chat saying? I love this. I love the quote the mayor says in the movie. He says, we have, uh, in fact, caught a large predator that supposedly injured some bathers. Like, that not that so today? Like, oh, how the extreme. media, like the clickbait, that way they would spin that? That's extremely today, yeah. I mean, this was clickbait before clickbait really existed, I would say. So Jaws might be the trendsetter or the trailblazer, if you will, with the whole clickbait segments we got here. That is such a great line. How are we doing, <laughs> Trust on 2K? We got a little 4th of July edition uh, going on tonight. Yeah, we're going to have some fun tonight. Um, and you're right. You know what? It's funny. The liability, could you imagine? Wait, you know, it's funny. Let me ask you something. If you... We're going on a on a first. Actually, I'll just walk it back. Would you ever go on like a like a deep shark dive, like you know, no. expedition, like going in the cage and everything? No, 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 no. Joe, would you? Absolutely not. <laughs> I've seen. Uh, I want to stay as far away from sharks as possible. Yeah, I've seen forty-seven meters down. I've seen all that good stuff. No thanks. No thanks. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> that's fair. No, it's fine. All right, so I feel like we're going from completely 180. So I'll stick with the, the 4th of July topic for, um, for clickbait. I'm going to kind of jump us back into the, the, the sports circuits a little bit. Joey Chestnut, I feel like every year there's always some competitor that's supposed – some worthy adversary that's supposed to be able to knock him off in this hot dog eating contest. And as you can see already in this video clip, uh, you know, he's, he's already beating these guys by like 20, 30. It's funny, like just watching the pace, like his hot dogs, I feel like just intake is double – 
um, everyone else's. And it's disgusting for whatever it's worth. I, it's hard for me to watch it. But, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I feel like that's kind of my clickbait every year. Yeah, we got a little America action. I I, uh, I feel like that's the clickbait, though. It, Joe Chestnut always wins. Except <laughs> yeah. if it's Kobayashi, I feel like. But even then, it, I did feel like he didn't really beat him that often. No, I feel like the thing that sets Joey Chestnut apart is like in the the home stretch, like the last couple minutes, he just keeps going. Like he there's nothing he doesn't slow down really, where everyone else is like dying next to him. He doesn't really slow down too much. And uh, trust on two K saying he could he could beat Joey Chestnut. Oh my! Oh my! It's funny now. I'm curious if anyone in the chat has seen this uh, the the thirty for thirty that was done. We talked about this the other night. I got a fly on my wall. Do you think I can get it? I need to watch it. You think I can kill this fly that's like really fine right next to me? Oh, yeah, fly know. swatter. Damn it! I literally just <laughs> damn. I literally had it. I just missed it. Oh my god, that's a choke job. Joey Chestnut. I, the got speed it. was there. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. All right, let's get back to Joey Chestnut. Not me killing flies in my room. Damn. <laughs> Did you hear that bang too, Joe? Down the hall. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, Karen. <laughs> to your point with Joey Chestnut, I I don't know how the guy. How long has he been doing it now? Has it been oh, over 15 years? I feel like it's been forever. And like I said, every year there's always somebody that like, I feel like is from like international or someone like from the Midwest that like has eaten gazillion hot dogs, but it's never the same metrics, right? It's always something, um, you know, for like when they'll eat like, oh, this person ate five pounds of corn on the cob in like an hour. And it's like, okay, that's not the same thing. You have to wonder he's how many years he's shaved off his life by eating probably thousands upon thousands of hot dogs at this point. Oh. Oh, I love what the chat's saying. Yeah, we'll be a little tough eating the hot dogs with the mask. Um, in dark stage, we, we got all right. Let's let's take some questions tonight. Let's go. Let's get the let's get the, the vibes going. Um, I love it. I like how the chat's going too. It gets everyone. You know, everyone's rocking and rolling. And we got um, some uh, some advice, some strategy. Hit the fly on a down angle. Works every time. I literally just I I don't know what it was. I just I just came short. That's a, that's a great that's a great little strategy right there. Think yeah, about gotta, it. Bring it down. Win win. Right? Yeah. That actually reminds me. I hope it, it's fine. I'm like rooting for it to fly back. It's flying low. Yeah, I can see. All right, all right. No one, no one, all right. Let's. No one on this stream cares that you know. I'm trying to kill flies in here. Um, all right, let's let's jump into. It. Like I said, we got a Fourth of July rated show or rated show. I can't, Fourth of July rated baby. Related. Ooh. I can't even. I can't even. Yeah, exactly. So it's rated G. Um, all right, but to that point, uh, let's let's talk a little Fourth of July before we jump into the sports for a second. I want. I want the, the the preference from the chat and and especially you guys, obviously. Um, let me ask you this, not to like be that guy to start the segment, but does this Fourth of July to you feel more like, thank God, there's finally some sense of normalcy, normalcy. I can't even talk, uh, or is it the other way around where you just feel like, oh, this just still feels so weird. There's not as many firework things, or da da da. Like what? What? How does this Fourth of July feel to you compared to other ones? Uh, I'm personally, I'm not a huge fireworks person myself. Uh, I've had a couple of, expl- well, one explosive experience in my life that I did. I, uh, pretty much fe- put the, the fear of life in me with a firework. So I think I'm good. I think I'm good. And I've also seen what it does to my defensive end, you know, several years ago. So I think I'm going to, God, I think yeah. I'm all right with the whole quarantine idea for 4th of July. <laughs> yeah. Plus a lot fair. of traffic, a lot of traffic to the shore when you're going down to the shore, it's not a good time. Yeah. And, and so Joe, I'm what okay. about you? Yeah, I mean, for me, my family, we never were really one of those families where it's, oh, hey, let's get down to the beach uh, 4th of July weekend, or we we really aren't that family that kind of sets off the fireworks in the neighborhood that everyone kind of gets ticked <laughs> off at, or they love, uh, depending on whether or not you see the fireworks, but it, it definitely is going to be um, an out-of-normal-range 4th of July, uh, just with everything with COVID, because... Um, Again, not like I was going to go down to the beach, but if you were in a living in a certain area where you had a particular beach you would go to, that beach might be closed due to COVID and stuff. So it's definitely going to be uh, a new experience, I think, for every American on this Fourth of July. But we have the basics. You know, I'm sure everyone can grill. Everyone can watch their favorite Fourth of July movie. Um, we're going to get through it. It's still going to be a blast. So that's you know, it's funny. that's a good question. Well, you know, and I guess for all. Two things, but the first I was going to ask you guys, if you go to a 4th of July cookout and someone says, we're grilling, if you had a pick, like you're, they, you know, just, you, you don't you have no idea what's on the menu. You just show up and there's just, you're hoping it's that one thing. What, if you had to pick one item that they are grilling on the 4th of July, what is it? I was going to say for me, I love a nice baked mac and cheese, like to go with whatever's being grilled. Okay. So, so I'm not even talking about what's going with grilled. Mac and cheese is a staple for you on the 4th of July. It is. Absolutely. I like 100%. that. 
Oh yeah. That's the Italian in you, right? That's right. That's right. Macaroni. Macaroni. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I, uh, so I like Dark Sage's question in the chat. I don't know if you guys caught yeah. that. You know, yeah, let's let's you're right. But I don't, Joe. We'll, 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 Joe we're gonna be sorry, Joe. Don't be there. So that's fine. No, we're <laughs> we're gonna be eating burgers and chicken and all sorts of nonsense and just you know punching our stomachs up this weekend. I'm sure. So let, no, let's get into some sports chatter. Um, and no, you're right. So I didn't actually realize that they did. Uh, they used to put sports on drive-through theaters. That would be interesting. I you know it's funny to that point. I feel like how awesome would that be, especially if you live in a place like. Hershey, Pennsylvania, right? Where you're probably an Eagles fan, but you're about two hours from, from getting there or an hour and a half from getting to the link. You go to a place like that and have your own little tailgate and have a giant ass screen. Yeah. And it's like your own tailgating, going to the game experience. And you have like the best sound. I feel like that'd be really cool. Yeah. I actually really like that idea uh, that, that Dark Sage is mentioning. And I mean, for 40 bucks, hey, it, it brings money to a local business, helps create some jobs maybe for people running food here or there um yeah i'm all for that just from like that perspective and it gets people out of the house and you know something to do for sure and and think of like the add-ons show you could have to that right like let's say you could have like a mini golf course around that and you're airing a pga thing right people are going to show up and and, and you play it and stuff i mean like i think it's a great idea yeah i agree go kart track for nascar on honestly um you know if you were to tell me that we could watch that first weekend of baseball or that first week of baseball and you could go to a drive-in movie uh, theater or whatever. Um, it's, I feel like it's the perfect mix of, okay, you're in your car, you're keeping socially distant, but you know, if you're there with a bunch of Phillies fans, Bryce Harper hits a three run home run, the place is going to go nuts. Like, so you got to get that familiarity of having that camaraderie with your other fans. So I think that would, would be like an excellent idea, especially if it involves sports. And I love to chatting like boxing, like for them to be able to do that back in the day and watch like Ali Frazier. Could you imagine? Like, I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah. I wish that never stopped. I would love to do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm almost upset now that all of a sudden that like, I, this is a whole part of the sports world I was unaware of. Yeah. I never knew about this until. Yeah. Until tonight. I, oh my God. Yeah. No, I want this now. Yeah. That Maybe we should bring it back. If sidetrack goes on the map, we'll, we'll make a drive-in theater in Southeastern Pennsylvania and then we'll start, you know, expanding. Look at that. There we go. Sidetrack, bringing it back. Sidetrack cinema. That, yeah, Perfect. now see, write that down. That's yeah, that's, go. that's good Jot stuff. That we'll, we'll put that in our suggestion box. Next suggestion, you know. <laughs> suggestion, yeah. Um, all right, but get it. Also, you know, it's funny to kind of blend everything that we were talking about with Fourth of July into kind of our next segment. So, obviously, we've been talking a lot about baseball, but kind of more in the sense of it was funny because I guess the way I was going to blend it together was say the thing that makes it hurt for me this Fourth of July is not having that. To me, I just I love having baseball on all day long. Like I love how the nationals and ESPN and lately they've been doing this stuff. Like there's like an 11 o'clock game in the morning, Eastern time. So like, especially you're in Pacific time or central time, it's the best, it's the best. And, and even for us, we love it. It's just so great to, um, like I said, just be able to just kind of kick back and watch baseball all day and not to have that. To, it's a little bit of a buzzkill. Um, but nevertheless, uh, let's get into the baseball chat. It will come back the end of july so we can be thankful for that right now at least they're practicing joe right so hey we got that and and, and the way i look at it um we've talked a lot i feel like just kind of outside the box right we talked a lot about our my feelings towards rob manfred right and, and just our emotions and and obviously me fantasizing about the marlins and all that nonsense so i think what's interesting though is let's let's actually dive into it right because now the training's underway it's kind of awkward to say spring training but you know what i mean um, so now at least we get the opportunity to talk some X's and O's, right? And let's break down some, some, maybe some favorites. Oh, you know, there's obviously a lot of different avenues we can kind of, kind of dive down to, to look at it. Um, but I'll tell you what, just to kind of walk it in slow. Do you feel like the teams, this is kind of, a, I, I, I feel like this is a stupid question, but like, do you feel like the teams that were going into being favorites are still the favorites, even with the shortened schedule and kind of all that? Yeah, I, I think so, but I, I think the gap has is the gap is a lot closer for the teams that weren't the favorites because of the less games there are now, and there's little room for error. So if one of those top teams slip slips up a little bit, and like a team like like the Marlins or um, you know one of the one of the lower, like the White Sox, one of those teams can somehow like win a couple or see a couple series wins, and they're they're back in contention. So I think I think yeah, the standing should, or the power rings should still probably be the same. I just think there's a little bit less room for error yeah <laughs> oh jay you, 
I'll defer to you. Sure, sure. I, I didn't know if uh, you wanted to chime in or you no, wanted no, you're to go, good. but I'll interrupt um, everybody like I always do, <laughs> like I'm doing right now. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to kind of go off of what Zach was saying in that, you know, uh, I think favorites are determined for a reason. And I think a lot of the power rankings are um, done off of which teams have really strong pitching or should have really strong pitching. And I feel whether it's a 162-game season or it's a 60-game season, if you have the pitching and your pitching is on, more likely than not, you're going to be one of the better teams, regardless of the length of your season. However, it is going to be really interesting to see how losing those 102 games is going to affect certain teams. Because as we know, if you're a really big baseball fan and you're very knowledgeable of the sport and MLB in particular, you're, you know that teams are going to get hot and teams are going to get cold. So once we hit this jump of this regular season starting, teams that might have been cold to start the year, they might not have that luxury if they don't have the pitching. And likewise, even if you have the pitching and your arms aren't necessarily ready, you can dig yourself a pretty significant hole to start this year. And you would normally have those months upon months to kind of get back on top. And now you're going to have what a little over two and a half months to write the ship. So I think that's going to throw an interesting little wrench into the whole equation of how we're going to see baseball play out. Yeah. It's, and it's funny you said, so to me, I feel like there's two big variables, right? Um, obviously the whole part, like you said, you can't get off to a slow start. Um, but I also think there's the interesting thing is, and I would almost tie health to that, right? The injuries now almost turn into football injuries. Like you can't, people can't get hurt. Um, but the other caveat I think that's interesting is this whole idea that there's new divisions, right? So like, and, and I would also emphasize that pitching is a key. So I guess there's three things. So pitching, um, the division realignment and health or, and the timeline are the big three variables that I think kind of make the landscape. I don't know if it necessarily changes it, but it opens the door for possible change. Um, because like I said, first of all, uh, bless you. Oh, that's pretty good. That I here. I just, cough. you know, a little. Cough, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, is a cough? Oh, wow. I appreciate it. I yeah, appreciate yeah, the blessings. I need help. Hey, you know what? It's, <laughs> hey, we all do. There's no sports for a couple months where none of us right. are doing well. Um, but no, but back to the point. So I think when you look at the pitching, right, that's, that's for starters. Which teams have strong starting rotations, which have bullpen depth? I think those are two areas that really are going to kind of tilt the way this year goes. And then the other way I look at it, um, I just lost my train. I mean, just, of thought. just health in general. Like, there's, there's teams that have struggled. Oh, the with division. Health. Sorry, no, I was like, I was like, not the health, oh, the division, the right? Divisions. Okay. Because, right, I mean, like, David, Joe, you're a Phillies fan. Zach, you're a Phillies fan. Now you're playing the Yankees. You're not playing them before. You're, I mean, Grant. So, I mean, actually, let me pull it up real quick. So, look at this division realignment, right? So, like, Mets, Yankees, like Red Sox, Oriole. I mean, Grant, that's actually pretty easy for you. But well, the Nationals and the Braves are up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, no, the Braves are out of it actually because they're in the Central one. Oh, are they? Yeah, so you actually kind of win in that uh, big time because I actually think I'll get into that in a second. Okay. But uh, but yeah, you got to take a look at it. So let's actually let's you know let's scale back for a second. I, and I love, I love everyone's opinion on this. Which one do you think? I hate to be that guy, right? Because it could change in a week. But which one, just off the top, do you feel like is the strongest, and which one's the weakest? Well, I think the West is the strongest. I think the Dodgers. Um, I mean, the Astros, if they don't cheat, we'll see how good they are. Uh, and the, the A's are a good team. And I think the Angels – I actually had the Angels as one of my sleepers when I was breaking down my analysis uh, today. So, for me, it's, it's the West, I'd have to say. What do you think? So, I, I think it's going to be the East. I mean, just looking at the graphic, you've got the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Nationals, but you also have teams that have really good pitching. I'm going to be circling back to pitching a lot, but the Mets have a great staff. The Pirates tend to find young guys that they tend to develop. The Rays, the Rays the have a really deal. deep bullpen. Absolutely, yeah. So I, I think, you know, um, on top of that, a lot of these top teams like the Yankees and the Nationals, they have a lot of power uh, in their lineup. So I, I think the East is going to be a juggernaut um, as far as divisions go. Is Blake Snell playing, by the way? Yeah, right. And the thing is, they have, and I'm not going to put the Marlins in this category, but they have like a bunch of like those kind of cowboy wild teams, like the Pirates, the Rays, like teams. And I'll actually, no, I will put the Marlins. Like there's, there's like small teams that for whatever reason find a way to always make the ball. Well, not always, but one of them makes it's like almost that that uh, 
uh, rule of what is it, rule of five team Joe in college football that, like makes it into the BCS game. Like the rate, like the Blue Jays, like one of them always find a way to get in. And back when the Orioles didn't suck like six years ago, they were in it, right? Like it's always like the Yankees and Red Sox, one of them's always good. And then obviously, like you said, you got the Mets and then you got uh, you got the Yankees. And stuff. So I like it's it, there's a lot of different areas. So it's funny. I'm going to go kind of and answer the back end of the question I was asking earlier. So the worst one to me, and it's funny because we're talking about the East and the West. Hands down to me, I think the Central sucks. I mean, look at it. You got the Cubs, the White Sox. Um, the Cubs but, actually look to me are probably the favorite in that. No way. No way. What well, you, the Braves are tough. Yeah, I would but, say Atlanta. The Braves, oh, be yeah, the I was say, coming I, out of the I, Central. As much as well, it's funny now. It doesn't actually much hurt me as a Marlins fan. But I was going to say, I love as a baseball fan. Like I love this Braves team. They are very good. Very good. They're. I think honestly, should I just do it now? Is now the time just to kind of roll into that? Do Unless it. does anyone else want to make an argument that the Central does not suck? Because the, I mean, here, let me pull the Central up is the because, weakest of the three. Oh, it's opinion. horrible. I mean, look like. All right, let me let me because I was just kind of going like through the box. Let me actually ping, like ping off the teams that are garbage, right? Uh, the Royals, uh, the Reds are not good, but they could be better actually. And I, and, you know, I remember Joe G was a little bit higher on them last year, uh, Joe P. And, and and they were not as bad, right? So so I'll give him that. The Tigers suck though. Um, the White Sox are never good. Uh, you got the Cubs, eh, the Cardinals, eh, the Brewers. I think they're they're good, but the problem is they just always seem to get in their own way. And then the Indians and the Twins, it's funny because they're kind of – I feel like they trade. One's always, like, unexpectedly good, and the other one's terrible. So I don't know exactly where that leaves us. All I think it does is leave the Braves up on top, which is why I was about to, you know, just start rolling with how much I love them. You know, Well, not, you know, literally, but, you know, I mean, I think as a – I think they're one of the top – I think they have a – I think one of the top four teams to, to come out of it, the okay. whole thing. Okay. I was looking at some lists today, and they were about fifth, fourth. So, yeah, you're right. You're right with your thinking, I would say. Well, here, I mean, is – Go ahead. And I was going to say, I mean, like, we're talking about the juggernaut teams that come out. Like, that's what the Nationals were last year for the most part, I would say, right? Like, yeah, they had talent, but no one expected them to win the whole the whole show. So, you never know. No, that's – I mean, it, it, yeah, they had – that was a weird – that was so – I always forget that they won. It's yeah, just, me too. We, we don't do a segment on most forgetful championship teams. I actually might write that down because the, the Nationals are definitely, like, at the top of that list. Like, and so are, the, like, the 05 White Sox – I feel yeah. like they were the 95 Phillies with just a little bit more star power as far as pitching and hitting goes. And they were what we were hoping the 93 Phillies could be as far as making the run and winning it all. But they actually had the Strasburgs and the Zimmermans leading the way. And uh, even their young pieces. And Scherzer, really stepped just like up. that extra. No one made mistakes, I feel like, on that Rend- team. Rendon, too. I mean, mm-hmm. he's on the. He's on the uh, which Angels, called, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. So, well, that's the thing. That's where it's a little bit interesting. Actually, let's let's do that real quick. Let's break down the Nationals for a second. So, right, I feel like the common denominator in most articles, talk shows, is everyone, even us right now, are kind of saying, well, I get they won, but, you know, I, I uh, no respect, but there's a reason for it, right? Like, and, I, and I think, right, you start with Rendon leaving. Some of their bullpens eroded now at this point. They're getting older. I mean, a little. I, I I just feel like they nailed that window perfectly. Yeah, I think that they hit it right in stride, and uh, I'm not expecting the same this year. They're still going to be probably a, a decent team, but not what they were last year. They're not going to go on that type of run again. And everyone's going to be coming for them as the defending national champions. So yeah, I mean, like, they're not going to take anybody by surprise. Yeah, and I feel just... like repeating repeating a championship in any sport is extremely difficult, but I feel like baseball is like, I mean, football is obviously hard, but I feel like baseball is like an extra layer of difficult of difficulty to do that. Yeah. And I feel like I'm not going to say they were a flash in the pan, but at the same point to do, like you said, I feel that's a good way to put it. They took, they're going to, people are going to take it more seriously. They were hot. They were damn hot. And it's, it's like, um, I'm trying to think of a team that's like them, but uh, you could but, say the but, Giants in uh, 2010, 11 or 11 to 12. <laughs> the year we got after. On, we, got, we got on a, a stretch. So uh, St. Louis Blues too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, I mean, exactly. That's a great one. I mean, and, yeah. and so, like, so I think they're just going to be in for some choppy waters. But who knows? I don't yeah. know. All right, let me. But let's spin it back. Who do you like then? Who would you say is a favorite coming out of the E? Or not the E? I'm thinking like, well, I don't. I guess I don't know. Like, just I guess we'll just kind of casually do like an AL and an NL team, even though I know they're breaking that up this year. But yeah, you want to do one in each division? I don't. I don't know how you want to spin this. We could pick two from each. Yeah, two we think that are going to be front runners. Yeah, let's do it. 
Yeah. So I, I, so I think the Yankees, I mean, obviously the Yankees are always in the mix. Okay. That's like the, the layup team to pick every year. That's always going to be there. Uh, they're always one of the most bet on teams because just of all the talent they acquire uh, their biggest thing, which I was talking about a little bit earlier is just, just health. I mean, last year, Aaron judge played 102 games, right? The most games played by any of their starters was 145 by DJ LeMahieu. Um, John color Stanton played in 18 games. Like, come on. That's that's oh, ridiculous. Yeah, that like, that's just, that's just injury ridden is, was that team last year. Um, and I mean, to, Continuing into this season, uh, Luis Severino is on the 60-day IL already. So, I mean, 60-day IL in a 60-game season doesn't bode too well for him to appear at all, I would say. Um, but besides oh, that, basically – Like long-term hurt, I feel like, is a tradition. <laughs> it really is. So, my biggest thing is just they need to be healthy, which most of the team besides Severino appears to be. So, as long as they can you know, do that and mitigate any of those risks throughout the season, I think they're right there. Um Obviously, they added Garrett Cole, right? So add him with with Tanaka. Um, obviously, our oldest Chapman, the closer, you know, one of the best in the league, pretty consistent. Um, James Paxton's not a bad third pitcher for them. Um, obviously, no, they, he's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they're pitching. They have depth pitching, that's for sure. And their lineup, obviously, I don't think I really need to speak much to it. Uh, Aaron Judge, Stanton, you know, DJ Lemayhu hit three twenty seven or three twenty something last year. Um, Phenomenal player. Uh, let's see. Brett Gardner is Mr. Consistent. He's like an Iron Man, if you ask me. Um, and Luke Voigt always comes up clutch, hitting the fifth hole, mm-hmm. dropping, throwing a bomb out there when you need him to. So, and I just feel like with Judge having another, like just a year, another year into his career, that's mm-hmm. just like he's going to keep getting better too. Like this team's going to get better. They're young, like they're not an old team missing the window. Like some of those Yankees teams in the past, maybe like where they were trying to buy it, right? This is a team that's kind of built to be very successful for a very long time. It, it really is. I mean, there was videos today of Garrett Cole pitching to uh, Aaron Judge, and there was one at bat where he struck Judge out, and the next at bat, Judge hit a, a bomb over the fence. So there, all the Yankees fans on Twitter are, you know, freaking out about it, like, in a good way. So. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, just make each other better. Yeah, so basically, I mean, it's pretty cliche to say they can stay healthy. They have all the talent in the world. So they're the number two favorite that. right now, I think, in Vegas. So. Joe, what about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of starting off with the East, I'm going to go with Zach and say the Yankees have to be probably the odds-on favorite to come out of the East. I, I think they're just stacked, both on offense and, you know, pitching defensively. Um, I think they're one of the most well-rounded teams. They've consistently been in the playoffs. They've been knocking on the door of the World Series. I actually feel like they're probably going to get there this year barring some unforeseen craziness going down. Um, I guess you could say this is a little bit of a homer pick, but I also think the Phillies would be my second team. And the reason I'm going to say that is because I think we really kind of, a lot of people might've lost sight how good, just how good they were rolling when they were healthy. And then when McCutcheon had his injury, uh, it seemed like the wheels just started to fall apart. It oh, was it, it was weird. I've never seen that where one player on a baseball team can go down and it's almost like losing your franchise QB as a you know yeah. NFL football team. It literally just collapsed. And I feel like getting him back is going to be a huge shot in the arm. A lot of these guys are going to have another year under their belt. They're going to have they've I'm going to say they've upgraded from Kapler. Uh, it's now Big going time. Joe Girardi as as you know the head of that ship, and I think that's going to pay dividends. Um, so really, those are the two teams I see from the East. From the Central, I think the Braves—they're just a really good team too. I think they're kind of what the Yankees were almost four years ago. They can be a perennial playoff team, and I think they have legit um, ability to win the World Series. I think the other team coming out of the Central would probably be the Cardinals. They seem like they're always a team that's going to make the playoffs and whether or not they can kind of run with the 60 game schedule and really get out in front of it. I think they will be a strong team. And then from the West uh, I'm going to go with the Dodgers because it seems like they've they're on that Phillies run. They just don't have that world series, but they still have a lot of good talent on that team. So I think they'll make a push. And then, you know, as much as they're probably the least favorite team in all of baseball, if not sports, um, the Astros are still pretty good. So until we actually see someone kind of beat them back and kind of beat them down out of the playoff race, I'm going to say they're going to be a team to kind of contend with in that division. Catching, I'm catching this fly, by the way, right now. Before I'm going to shut the blinds again. <laughs> this is it. 
No. Oh, for two, oh. Karen. I think Alexa has a better batting average than you at this yeah, point. Yeah, that's that's awful. That's that was <laughs> close the blinds on everything there. Damn it. So, uh, all right. I don't know why the Cubs aren't getting any love here, guys. Really? Yeah. Why? Why do you like? Why do you like them so much? I feel like losing Joe Madden's going to hurt. I know that a lot of people soured on him, but he took the race to the World Series. He won Chicago's World Series for the first time in 100 years. So replacing that guy, granted, I think, you know, the team as a whole is still a pretty decent team. But to overcome that, especially in this type of situation where it's a shortened season, I feel like they're going to have a little bit of, of a struggle on their hands. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And it's funny you bring up Joe Madden because my sleeper team is the Angels for the West. Um but no, the Cubs, I mean, I, I like their their pitching rotation. The only thing they're lacking to me is, is in the relief besides Craig Kimbrell as their closer. He's pretty solid. I mean, he's not what he used to be, but he's still a pretty tough uh, closing pitcher, I would say. I mean, they got Hugh Darvish again with him. It's health. That's a big thing. Um, yeah, they got Hendricks and Lester. John Lester's their, their third pitcher in rotation. Um, I think they're pretty solid on that front. Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant, Kyle Schwarber is pretty solid in their lineup, I would say. Um, and I just think the central that central grouping is, is weak. I, I get what you're saying with with, uh, with your teams too, but I just think the Cubs could be under the radar. Plus, they have downtown zone uh, Ian Miller on the on the, the possibility. You know, he's on the fringe there with the squad, so got some yeah off the bench. So, so that's a that's an interesting point you brought up, Zach. Because I, I mean, from what I read, they basically nixed the um, minor league season. And a lot of people are worried about the ramifications of that going even into the future. So basically, as you mentioned with Ian, he's kind of, he's got that last shot opportunity to make that, you know, he's on the whatever man roster. Yeah. He's on that right now. Like he's in Wrigley at Wrigley now for the whole practice and everything. And that's awesome because that's going to help him develop in his career. Oh, absolutely. By the way, I got the fly. Oh, there you go. One yeah, for three. It. Hitting 333. Okay. Yeah, that's all right. Pretty good average. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, exactly. I don't, yeah. I don't what are some teams you like, though? Uh, well, it's fine. I love what the chat was saying about uh, Captain Kang, like upgrading from Kapler to Girardi's, like upgrading from Captain Kangaroo to Captain America. It, it's true. I do, I do like the Phillies because to, to that point, I've never seen a team just get in their own way. Right, like like the Phillies have, and I think that's one thing that Joe Girardi does a good job of, of kind of untangling teams. Um, my question more for the Phillies is just can, how are they going to do in that division, right? So I mean, let's pull it up one more time. So, um, like who's all right, the, the Orioles are not good, the Marlins are not good, but I, and I'm not trying to be that guy, but they also give the Phillies a little bit of trouble. Like, but I'm trying to yeah. think, like who's a bad team? Like who's a team where you just know that you're going to sweep them? The Orioles. Yeah, that's awful. about it, right? Um, looking at the central, okay, the Roy- uh, the Royals definitely, the Tigers probably, um, and then one of those two teams was probably, probably the Twins, uh, or the or I guess not, not really. I mean, they made the playoffs last year. I'm ripping on them, but like I said, they, they just go one year they make the playoffs, and the next year they don't. It's like they trade with the Indians. I feel like, um, all right, so all right, out of the East, I like the Yankees. Not to be like that guy. Um, out of the central, I love the Braves. I mean, I I, I really just can't say enough good things about them, and then. I like the Dodgers a lot. I do. Yeah. I mean, out of the West. They were the, they're indeed. number one in a lot of power rankings right now, the Dodgers. It's but and look at the chat. I mean, about the Pirates being a weak team. I, I don't know. Maybe. Um, but look at the – like, I, maybe they're weak. I, I don't – I wouldn't say they're weak. I mean, they, they kind of – like, somewhere in the middle of the pack every year. And then, yeah, but look at the Dodgers. I mean, I think just – if anybody's going to also have a fire lit under their ass after everything with the Astros, I feel like the Dodgers might be that team. Um, but furthermore, I mean, you take all that aside. They got all the talent in the world. They don't need the motivation. They got they got enough talent right now to be that good. So I, I think, um, you know, right, they got the bats, obviously, like behind Bellinger, who obviously I think he could win NL MVP this year. Um, right, and then they got Kershaw and the rest of the arms uh, behind him. So I feel like, well, I don't they, know, I, I just they, like – yeah, they signed Mookie Betts the offseason too, so he'll he'll probably mm. challenge Bellinger for that MVP slot. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then you're talking about their pitching. I mean, Kershaw obviously they have David Price too. Walker Bueller is a young stud in the rotation. They pretty much have it all, I would say. They they've been extremely consistent. They've won seven straight divisional titles. The only thing is they haven't been able to finish. They've gone to two World Series, but they they can't finish it. So. You know, That's what I'm saying. The guy that can't close the park every yeah, he's gonna eventually bump into a girl that likes him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just just shoot your shot, I guess, right? 
I mean, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll still always put my money down the Dodgers. It's funny you talked about teams that everyone likes to bet on. I feel like the Dodgers are that NL team. I feel like yeah. the Yankees are the AL team. But I don't know. I just there's something about the 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 Dodgers. I feel like this year maybe they get their justice for everything that went on with the Astros the last two years or something. Maybe I don't know. Hopefully. So I guess my thing, and I mentioned the, my sleeper is the Angels. How is a team with like with Mike Trout on it just just they just don't do much? Like they just don't. They have to this level. year, right? I mean, you got Atani, you got um, obviously Frank Dune. That's the thing is their pitching staff. They got Atani. That's basically basically it. <laughs> no, it is pretty bad. I, but you're right. I mean, Mike Trout is like today's Mickey Mantle, in my opinion. I think he's that good. Uh, I they're just a weird team. They win ugly games. They're just kind of like they're like the like the opposite of the A's. Like the A's, you kind of look at and you're like, why are they relevant? They, I can't even name anyone on their team. But then the Angels, it's like I can actually name some guys on their team, but they don't win anything. They're that. They're definitely that team, Kieran. Like you said, that seems to get in their own way. And um, you know, Mike Sosha was there for the longest time. And did they fire him, or did he just kind of step away? Uh, I, I regardless, think they fired him. Like him not being there is going to be interesting. I think you know you could argue. All right, well that's the because oh, Joe, Joe, Mad- Joe Madden's a manager, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yep, Joe Madden. So right you're you can some can argue you upgraded. Yeah. Um. There. So that's it, I like Zach's point in saying that they they could be a very sneaky team if they really put it all together and they get into the playoffs. Uh, they could definitely make a run. And yeah. I think the common denominator too. You look at Joe Madden managed teams, right? Rays went to the World Series. Cubs won one, right? He's, a, I mean, it, yeah, like that could really turn the team around. Hopefully, I mean, another pitcher they have that I can think of is that uh, Julio Tarahan. Tarahan, he was mm-hmm. on, he was on the Braves. I thought he was pretty solid there. Um, and the rest are a lot of just young prospects in their starting rotation. So, I mean, hey, the Phillies hit on, I guess, if you want to say hit on Vance Worley, like Joe Blanton, those type of folks. So. uh you know, maybe maybe they hit on some some guys as well. I don't. I'm not sure. No, no one we know of yet, at least. No household names, I would say, in that rotation besides Atani. <laughs> that's. But I feel like I feel like if that's where you need a manager to get kind of creative. I feel like Madden's the guy who can do that, though. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like Joe just said, every team he's he's managed. Look what they've done. So. Well, I'm looking at the Braves too. I just. I'll actually go into that for a second. I mean, you look at, first of all, I like how to write notes down. Look at the rotation. So we talk about, here's the thing, right? What, let's just for a second talk about what do we feel like is uh, the necessities, right? To, to make a run. Some youth, because you're going to obviously need to be fresh for the sprint. Uh, pitching is obviously imperative and health. And even if you don't have health, some depth. Okay. The Braves, do they not check off all those boxes? And I'll even add a bonus. They have some veteran presence in there to help them. That was, which has also been kind of their issue. Okay, Fontwitz, Hamels, Max Freed, all right, Soroka. I mean, they're they're not they're not a bad like that's a rotation. Hamels in there is sneaky good too. The fact that he chose to go there in free agency, I think, speaks volumes about what they're doing over there. Um, and then, like I said, you got Albie, Swanson, Acuna Jr. They're, they're all young, and they're good. Joe's biting his tongue. I got I got to uh, hear it. That hurt when I got that tweet that said he went to the Braves. I. That was almost as bad as when Carter and Richards got traded and they, the Flyers did that whole thing with Chris Goloff. Oh, God, it was awful. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I, remember, I remember getting that, that notification on my phone as well with Hamels. It, it was that, – that And my first thought was, okay, like, are they – it wasn't – are the Braves that much better than the Phillies? I'm, I'm thinking, how did they cheap short Hamels on his deal? Did they not want to pay him $5 million more? But right. who knows? Maybe maybe that was but, the point. Maybe he saw just how what the Braves were doing, and he figured, okay, this is a good chance to go win another World Series. Let me all right. Let me ask you that then. Maybe even taking the emotion out of it, does it does it say all right? And I guess obviously there's the caveat, and I don't know. You guys can just if that's the if this is the case, just say it. But I was gonna say maybe the caveat is the Phillies just weren't interested and didn't pick up the phone. But like, do you think because obviously Hamels has sp- uh, spoken obviously very highly about his time in Philadelphia, he's wanted to ring here, etc. Do you feel like there was there would have been that point where it says, "Hey, by the way, I'm about to like, you know, maybe go and meet up with the Braves, but like I'm also interested. Like I'm coming back to the side of the the the, the, the country, interested in coming to to the East. Like right, like they don't have a conversation. You would you would think so, right? That would be like you're dating. If the Phillies were willing to pay Zach Wheeler all that money, Joe, I guess that right is that the point? Like that's I guess what I'm kind of curious about. Like why didn't you get on the phone? And if and if you did. 
to your guys' point, like what was the, really there was that much of a disconnect between maybe him coming back to where he started his career and winning a ring with a with a pretty talented roster, albeit right. Like I mean, like it it, it seemed like it made too much sense for a reunion to happen and to go to the basically the the, the other guys that are. It's just like it's it's bizarre to me. Yeah, no, I agree, guys. Especially when your majority owner says he's okay with spending stupid money. Like I, I don't think Cole Hamels is asking for the world on his contract. So to not really bring him back and to lose him to the Braves, either they know something we don't and he's really not going to add that much to the Braves or there was some sort of disconnect, whether it was money or they just didn't reach out. And I would be really kind of disappointed if that was the case because I think Cole, he might not be the pitcher he was 10 years ago, but I still think he's a very, very good um, veteran option for any team to add, whether he's pitching or not, because I, I feel like he can walk through a lot of those younger guys on the staff uh, in certain situations and really help them out. And I feel like that would have been a huge addition to have on the Phillies. And to the chat's point, I mean, you got to wonder if you're a Phillies fan, you got to hope, out, but like any chance he's washed up. We, uh, we got to hope that's the case at this point. I mean, considering we didn't might not have entertained bringing him back. Uh, you got to, hopefully say Klintek knew something we don't or most people don't and they're just kind of banking on him not being really the same guy and the juice wasn't worth the squeeze yeah that's what I'm thinking like with Kieran to your point when bringing in Wheeler instead of entertaining anything with Hamels is probably just the the trajectory that each each of those pitchers is on in their current career I think Hamels is starting to I think he's going to the Braves because he thinks like you guys both said that that's where he can get a world another world series so I think it's like the tail end of his career and he's looking to kind of ride off into the sunset. Whereas Wheeler is still, I'd say in his prime. So that's fair. Now to it. It's funny. We're talking about world series and rings and championships and statistics. This next segment's kind of fun. So and I'll pull up the tweet here to kind of, you know, kind of showcase a little bit. So um, Peter Burns, all right, not Pete Berg. Well, I was a little off there. Peter Burns um, from ESPN. Uh, and I pulled up the tweet for everyone on our Twitch channel. So, uh, the tweet was he was asking everyone, what's your favorite random sports stat that blows your mind every time you see it? Um, and it's funny because uh, it's funny. Yeah, look at the chat. Hamels is good. Clintac's a dead man. That's fair. I, how like Is he on his last leg? Real quick, before we jump into this, is he on his last leg with the Phillies GM if they don't make a run this year? I would say if they don't make the playoffs, you definitely have to consider letting him go. Um, you know, a lot of people were kind of ticked off at things he did or didn't do over the past couple of years. And Granted, this is the Sixers scenario where you can argue and say, uh, you know, 60-game season in COVID, there's a lot of, you know, issues going on that might have affected the team that you can't really blame them for. But at the same time, you can also choose to look at this as a great opportunity for the team, especially if they have strong pitching in the front and they should have an overall strong team. Offensively, they should be able to at least get to the postseason with the talent they've kind of put together on this team at least in my opinion yeah i think so um all right but let me pull that tweet back up so so looking at um what's your favorite random sports stat that blows your mind every time you see it which I, it's a fun segment it's kind of interesting interesting to to, to know, just kind of I, it, like basically what we're going to bring up i feel like all of these were good um i'll say zach you want to get us kick uh kickstart I, I mean i'm like Kick us yeah. off, kickstart, whatever. You know, I can't even. I'll, I'll kickstart it. Yeah, yeah there you not? go. You want me to just throw, uh, throw my first one at you? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, the stat that really blows my mind is Mike Rabel, a linebacker, his career reception statistics, he's had 12 catches for 12 touchdowns throughout his career. That's like how crazy. Many, but how many times have we seen at the goal line where the Patriots throw him out there as tight end or in some type of weird formation and they, they for some reason, it worked? 12 times. Oh, every time. Yeah. Uh, One too many. Yeah. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you have thought that a team would have figured that out after like the first, maybe two, three times that, Hey, when he's in, they're going to throw him the ball or Boston out with the Patriots. Everything works out. Right. Yeah. But it's just, it's just amazing to me that a linebacker, a career linebacker has had 12 catches for 12 touchdowns. Well, you know, and it's, it's, uh, it just speaks to the bonds. I think how good of a coach Bill Belichick is. Right. I mean, he like, to your point, how do they not figure it out? Because he probably changes it up every time because he's a genius. It was probably 12 different plays. Yeah, right? yeah. They probably had it lined up at fullback a couple times. I mean, he's always one step ahead of everyone else, I feel like. Yeah, I'd say so. And I'm, I'm curious what this year is going to show, not to go down that rabbit hole. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see how great he really is this year, I think. 
All right. Well, it's a, should I go with one or do you want to go? Which I do, you think? Yeah. Tee it up. All right. Uh, so it's funny. I trying to think which one I feel like would be a, uh, a good one. I'll stick with football and receptions and all that type of stuff. So um, Larry Fitzgerald, this is a crazy stat. He has a career 39 tackles. Like think about that. He's tackled. He's made 39 tackles in his career and he has 29 drops, 29 drops. That's it. Wow. That's insane. He has more career tackles than he does drops. And think of it, he's been playing for 17 years. That's insane. You know what that tells me? That tells me that he is a hustle player because that means yeah. every time there's been an interception, he's the first one to, to tackle the guy. So we all knew Larry Fitzgerald was a, a great character guy and everything, and that just that just solidifies it even more. Speaks volumes how many turnovers the Cardinals had too. Yeah. Jesus Christ, and that's horrible. <laughs> that too, and work ethic from the lack of drops. Oh so. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, the focus there. Hey, fantasy, great fantasy receiver, consistent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm loving the Aaron Rodgers reference in the chat, throwing those long balls that look uncatchable, but yet nonetheless they're saved. Right. Um, all right, but all right, well, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll I'll punt it back to you to pun intended with football uh, for the next stat. Yeah. So actually, believe it or not, we're going to keep the, the baseball chat going because my next two are baseball-related. All right, let's do it. So this one just speaks to the talent that this pitcher had in his 27-year career, by the way. 27 years, pretty insane. Nolan Ryan has 198 non-win quality starts during his entire career, right, <laughs> where he was 0-107 in and his ERA during those games was 2.27. He had a 1.166 whip and over nine innings on average, he had 9.77 Ks. So that's crazy. That's just disgusting. Right. Could you imagine if he had a supporting cast that could actually maybe put some runs on the board with his, his <laughs> statistics really would be. Mm. <laughs> I mean, 27 years too, by the way, like that, I, I want to hit on that even more like 27 year career and just insane. I mean, people don't realize how good he was probably, you know, Please. that's insane i mean like yeah. like you think about this that could be 107 more wins he has yeah or if you even cut that in half give him give him 53 54 i mean it, it just it's just insane how great this guy was even when the team you know they, they suck apparently so no I, it's it's funny too because i was thinking to myself could you imagine being a fan of that team? Because you're definitely screaming at the wall. We've got no one right and we can't win anything. Yeah, that must have been all all they had. Um, yeah, and it just like for for people our age, where we didn't really get to watch him. Obviously, his last year was 1993. So, like that just is a reminder of how great pitching was, you know, in his era as well, and how we need to kind of study some of these stats and pump the brakes on who we think is the greatest of all time and things like yeah, that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I'll, I'll keep uh, I'll keep it in the baseball circuits a little bit. So I feel like this stat is actually pretty crazy. I know I'm biased bringing it up, but it, it does blow my mind that the the Miami Marlins, the Florida Marlins, whatever you want to call them, they're the only team to win multiple one or multiple championships and yet never have ever lost a playoff series. So think about it. They won multiple championships and never have ever lost a playoff series. So every time they've gone to the playoffs ever in their entire franchise career, they've actually won, they've won the whole thing. That's insane. I had to think about that for a couple seconds. So they've only been the playoffs twice each time they won. Yep. So they've only been the that's the yeah, exactly. I was actually more of anything speaks volumes how much they suck. Um, but yeah, so they made the playoffs twice. Never and they're actually they never won a you know that that just to add to that, they never won a division either, which is crazy. Um, but right it, it's pretty nuts. So they want they've gone to the playoffs twice ever and they won they won it all both times. Which that's pretty crazy when you think about it. Well, hey, if they could somehow pull off a, a run in this 60-game stretch, that must mean they're going to win the World Series for you. I'll go berserk. I would. In <laughs> 17 I like, years? I feel like Joe G would kill me. I think he that would. Happened. I would, yeah, I would actually would. feel really bad if they did a rematch of 03 in the Marlins. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would oh. just leave. I'm just going to go out of my room and just ah. – I got so for the chat here, uh, the Will Chamberlain or Babe Ruth stat. So that's a good one. Uh, so Will Chamberlain, the one thing that I was reading up on, he averaged I think fifty points a game and like twenty two rebounds, and he did win the MVP. Bill Russell won it instead. Seriously? Yeah, I don't know Bill Russell's stats, but I remember like Will Chamberlain, obviously amazing, and Bill Russell's great too in his own right, of course. But 
the fact that he averaged 50 points and 22 rebounds and didn't win the MVP is mind blowing. I feel like there's something I would love to have just known Will Chamberlain back in the day because I feel like no one gives him any love, and yet, and yet he seems like to me the greatest player of all time, possibly. Yeah, I mean, we've like we've, we said before, like the game evolves, you know, year after year. So like you can't blame that on the type of player because he fit that era twenty times over, right? Um, all right, so let's let's uh, well, actually both of ours are last few are in the baseball circuit. So what do you got for uh, your last one? Yeah, so uh, we're going to go with a little – well, he was on numerous teams, but we'll, when he was with the Phillies, he was beloved here. Um, so when Jamie Moyer retired, to, throughout his career, he faced 8.9% of all the hitters the Major, major League Baseball had ever seen. So during his career, he pitched against basically 9% of all hitters baseball's ever, ever seen. Ever in baseball history? Ever in baseball at that point in time when he retired. And you got to think about it. you got to pitch well, too, to do that. I mean – Look no further than game three of the World Series. I mean, you know, when they won. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and right? the, thing, the thing that I love about Jamie Moore is he wouldn't overpower. I mean, especially towards the end of his career. His fastball was, what, like 83, 84, maybe 85 with some tailwind behind him. Mm-hmm. And his location and movement was just – it was masterful. Yeah. Well, Joe, you can speak volumes to that, obviously, as a Phillies fan with that run. It, it was insane. It, you know, we go on these talks with our sports teams when they when they do win, and you kind of look back on it, and the same feeling I had uh, with the Eagles is what I had with the Phillies first back in 2008. You just knew there were certain games. Uh, obviously, Victorino or Myers getting the walk on like a 12 pitch at bat against CC Sabathia to get the bases loaded for Victorino to then to come up and hit a grand slam. Um, that was obviously one of the more highlighted moments of their playoff run, but it seems like they had, they just had, uh, whatever it took to win a game. They just had it every single time. Lidge not blowing a save either in the regular season or the playoffs. You, you see enough things where you just kind of know it's like, okay, this is our year. And you kind of had the same feeling with the 2017 Eagles, can really explain it. You didn't want to say it to jinx it, but you just kind of knew in the back of your head and in your heart that this is the team that's going to get it done. Um, uh, conversely, there are moments where you you tell yourself that, like with the 2010 Flyers, uh, getting in at the very last minute against the Rangers and then making their cup run. I figured, oh, you know, we got this in the bag. But then I then I had that feeling, and you know this, Kieran, in Game One. Um, where it was just a slugfest back and forth between Chicago and Philly. And then I, I think I turned to you and I, I just said, whoever wins this game is going to win the series. And right as I said that, I think like the puck skipped over or the, yeah, over Braden Coburn's oh, stick yeah. and they just went on a breakaway and scored. And I was just like, Oh no, there it goes. I can, I can still hear that stupid song playing in my head. We <laughs> literally were just, oh. we had, so Zach, we had a hockey show on, on NBCSN in the background before when we were just kind of getting our show ready to go tonight. And, and they were actually talking about like, oh, have you ever heard the – just like, oh, well, and I was saying, Joe, well, it would be a fun song if we won the series. It's like, oh, yeah, play it, you know, but no, nope. Um, all right, well, so, so I'll, keep, I'll kind of finish it off with crazy stats. So um, this one I feel like people probably know it's a little bit more popular, but it still blows my mind. There are more people that have walked on the moon – been to the you know right and then then have been has scored on mariana rivera in the postseason 12 people have walked on the moon 11 people have scored on mariana rivera in his career in the postseason that's insane wow that's nuts wow i need to actually think about that it's a fun second some you know yeah well there's another pitcher that pitched into his early 40s right so he had an extremely long career so that just speaks miles to this this stat even more granted he pitched an inning at a time but still Exactly, like reworking your game. Like you mentioned with Jamie Moore, when his fastball was 83, 84, he still got it done Yeah, with movement, right? And, and, and obviously that was the thing with Mariano Rivera. When he mastered that cutter, it was lights out. Yeah, yeah, and throughout the years, no one could, no one could hit it. But, I mean, how many times have we seen like a walk-off three-run home run where three people score? Like, right, where like someone that. just gets their bat out there and something good happens for a yeah. team. Yeah, and that just, just speaks to the just how talented. And- Plus, people were taking steroids when he was pitching against them. Right. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's insane. Oh, I, 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 lo- I used to love watching him and hearing the old uh, enter, enter Sandman, Sandman come out when he's walking to the from the bullpen. Oh, oh yeah. A classic. Still getting chills thinking about it. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what, speaking <laughs> of that, there's, you always get some chills watching some uh, Fourth of July kind of patriotic movies. It's kind of a fun way to kind of, you know, get this kind of 
close down the show. Um, all right, right. So we all love it. And by the way, tonight's show is brought to you by Lucci Slices, and we'll get a little read about how good that is in a second. But um, right, let's talk about some some patriotic movies. Uh, we can kind of go with some sports and then some non-sports. Uh, Zach, you want to kick us off? Yeah, I think I'm going to start off with uh, with the sports, the sports movie. I like um, it. Yeah. Rocky Four, hands down. I mean, the, the movie came out in the mid early eighties when the whole, you know, the Cold War stuff, whatever. Um, and so it comes out. Obviously, we know the story where Drago kills Creed and you know, Rocky goes to avenge uh, Drago in Russia. And uh, at the end it's, you know, if I've seen a lot of change in and if if I can change, we can change. And basically it was like a whole peaceful thing, like, you know, where Russia, the Russian fans were cheering for Rocky and it was just a very uh, prideful movie. I thought, um, and the whole training montage still gets me. So gets me fired oh, out, out in Siberia. Oh yeah. Before, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. If, if I need motivation to work out, I'll throw that on for like 10 minutes and I'm good to go for like a week. That's how long that lasts. <laughs> so yeah. And it just, because he represents more than just himself in this movie. I feel like, you know, especially with the time the movie was made in the, just the US of A. Yeah, so it was just great. It's just a motivating and inspiring movie, if you ask me. I like that. Yeah. Should, I, should I stick with some sports or? Hey, do it. All right, well, let's go. I feel like this is a little bit of a, of a cheesier pick, but the miracle is so good. I mean, that that scene, Kurt Russell, as, you know, Herb Brooks, great moments are born from great opportunity, right? And, the, and that whole scene, and I mean, obviously the story is incredible. And they do a really good job of capturing, I feel like, that the essence of, of that run and how hard it was and, and just how unrealistic it was supposed to be for a bunch of college kids uh, to pull you know, to pull that off. Uh, so I always love sitting back. Obviously, it's not necessarily a 4th and July movie. Um, I feel like Sandlot, if Patriotic. anything, is kind of – yeah, I feel like Sandlot's like kind of maybe the backup to that because obviously they play – you know, baseball obviously in the Fourth of July and stuff. So I kind of, kind of do two of those. But you know what's funny? I was I did a a virtual trivia last night, and the last question was to name like the top ten most patriotic movies, and the Sandlot was actually in that. That list. really, yeah, surprisingly, I was like, really, I would but, not have expected that. No, because the the DJ said there were two sports movies, and Rocky Four was one. Or no, there were three sports movies: Rocky Four, Miracle, and Sandlot. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty. Go. I would never have gotten that one. I know, right? Because there was only that really one scene, the Fourth of July celebration. I mean, baseball is America's pastime, but yeah. And I'll tell you, what about if we're going non-sports? What are we feeling? Oh, for me, it's got to be Saving Private Ryan. I mean, I mean, come on, World War Two, Normandy Beach. You know, the whole the whole thing. Just just World War Two in general is just American, just American pride, patriotic. Oh um, yeah, that whole storyline just like, amazing to me and phenomenal movie i mean what a what is what an acting acting cast you had there you had uh you know matt damon tom hanks <laughs> vin diesel was actually in that movie too I don't know oh yeah that. he's mm-hmm. you know obviously <laughs> yeah. out a little bit early in the movie but yeah, you know, he, no, you're right yeah it just the whole story you know obviously we all know history but just re-seeing that and obviously it's a movie so not everything was actually used correct per se certain situations but just everything about world war ii and just you know how we overcame all that and especially that the Normandy beach scene and everything is very patriotic. Gets yeah. Me, gets me pr- very, very proud. And that battle scene, it's like 40 minutes. I feel like that last one at the end. Well, both, I feel like the, the, the battle in the beginning and the battle in the end are both great. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a phenomenal movie all around. I remember when I was young, like I was in like fifth grade when I first watched it and it was pretty eye opening. <laughs> it's funny. Iris, the key, Keyblade master uh, already got mine lined up. So I'm going to take the Patriot for mine. We named him Gabriel, Joe. Um, no, but a, a classic, right? I mean, and I love the scene that got pulled up. The one, aim small, miss small, right? Yeah, uh, yeah oh my God. It, all of this. I mean, this entire movie, I actually might watch it this weekend. It's, I haven't seen this one in a minute. It's got, you know, it's got your Easter, you know, your mid-Atlantic geography. Uh, we're going to Charleston, uh, right? Like it's, it's all, it's all good. You know, you got some South Carolina love in there. No, it's, it's a great movie. And I feel like just the, the plot plus the way they tell the story about the, you know, how the revolutionary war was. I think it's just, it's phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, Mel Gibson, some people love him, hate him. I thought that was a phenomenal movie. I mean, Heath Ledger, obviously just, Yeah. Great, great movie. Again, once again, you talk about the actors in that. Exactly, same thing. I mean, the, just the cast in there too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I'm watching the highlights right now. Man, it's getting me. I'm, I'm gonna have to watch this tonight. I think. I know. I know. It's such a good movie. I, I love when you... they blow up the ship. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the best. One of the best parts. 
What were you going to say, Jeff? Yeah, sorry, Joe, I cut you off there. No, I mean, I was just going to throw in my two cents as far as movies. Yeah, granted, you know, um, Miracle, you, you guys nailed it, Sandlot. You tie in the pastime as far as baseball with the Sandlot. And honestly, growing up uh, just as kids, you know, those, those kids you would get together and just get a game going. Um, you, I feel like we can all relate to that as sports fans and that oh, yeah. up in America. So that's huge. And then obviously nothing gets your pride uh, swelled up when you see um, the story of Miracle, the U.S. team that had uh, realistically Athlete no shot too. against the powerhouse that is Russia. And yet, you know, we took down – David took down Goliath. Um, just an overall great story. And then, yeah, it happened in Lake Placid. Uh, we were able to celebrate on home ice. Uh, but for me, when it when it comes to um, Fourth of July movies, I'd usually tend to kind of go with the patriotic war movies. Um, so the Patriot and then Saving Private Ryan were really going to be my two. Mm. It, it shows you the brutality of war, um, and it shows you kind of our side. Granted, probably painted in a favorable end <laughs> for us, but it, it shows you, uh, you know. Um, the Patriot again, the David and Goliath story, taking out big bad England for our freedom and then save it private Ryan. When the world goes to hell in a handbasket, you call on America to come in and just kick some ass. And you know, better that I just, I love Tom Hanks did an absolute hell of a job. And then the cast, oh, like so, you, you mentioned, Hanks. it goes all the way down to Vin Diesel. He's still got Tom Hanks. He's got his, uh, you know, co-captain there or whatever that seems like he's in every other war movie you can think yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you got all the button you got the side Eddie, characters you from got the, the whole entourage, entourage crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Eddie Burns. I love Eddie, Eddie Burns. Burns. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, no, that's such a oh my God, I love that movie so much. And we might have to do a little patriotic marathon tonight. I think um, we do. If we don't have any work tomorrow. Hey woo <laughs> Oh yeah. Um no this is this is great though. This is great. We got you know this was and, and, and to that point, you brought up a good good point. I feel like you gotta give some some you know tip the hat to, to service, obviously, and everything going on. You know, with everyone you know protecting us, everything going wrong right now. It's I feel like it's especially I feel bad with everything going on with the coronavirus and everything in the country. It's there's kind of more now than more ever. Like when no one's really thinking about people still are protecting us overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the lives that sacrifice for us to just be able to sit back and talk about, yo, do you like provolone cheese on your burger? Do you like Swiss cheese? Act like, right? right. Like we get that opportunity because people sacrifice their lives. And I, and I think, you know, that can't, you know, no, no, like, yeah. did you know that? No, I didn't mean like that, but right. Like it's, it's just important to take that opportunity just to, to be appreciative. And, and we all have family or friends that have served in the military, um, that have done great things and, and, and we just really appreciate everything that they do. And, you know, like I said, just especially on the 4th of July, it's just, you definitely want to put it, you know, put things in perspective a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Like Joe, you're saying like the, those war scenes paint pictures for the sacrifice and some, the ultimate sacrifice that people make to Kieran, like you said, let us talk about what type of cheese we like. And we don't like, so yeah. Yeah. Into that point. And, and let us watch sports, which uh, looking at the weekend ahead, as we wrap up the show here, Zach, uh, this is normally where we give uh, that to you um joe and i have a little bit of a, a dance off joe g too um and marcus uh yeah so it's it's gonna be fun a little little english premier league uh arsenal since their little meltdown against brighton two saturdays ago they have, they're on a little bit of a winning streak joe uh and get excited a little bit and, uh you know zach it's getting, getting pumped up so uh, but they're actually playing Joe's team, who's right there. And we were trying to explain this a little bit before the Premier League table. I should have probably brought it up for as a graphic. But nonetheless, we don't even have to go on a tirade about it. Big game. Big game, Joe. It's basically a playoff game for us tomorrow. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, as far as Wolver- Wolverton and uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers are concerned, um, we're kind of in uncharted territory. They're really not known to be one of these teams that is fine for those top four spots in the Premier League or – those next two spots uh, soon after they're usually towards the bottom of the table or they might not even be in the top tier at all. So this is one of the scenarios where it's kind of arguably one of the best seasons that they're putting together. Um, They have a really good coach. They have a really good striker and Jimenez that's doing a lot for them uh, offensively. And it's, it's definitely exciting because they're all three points away from Chelsea, who I believe is in the third spot. So they have a lot of everything lined up in their favor as long as they can keep winning or drawing. Um, 
the interesting thing there is kind of I'm waiting on that Penn State basketball moment of, all right, where are they going to fall off at some point? They're kind of due for a <laughs> loss. So I wouldn't be shocked if that, that game comes up on Saturday and they have a big L after it. It's just whether or not they can bounce back. But I'm, I'm out, honestly really excited. I'm really I excited to see what this team can do. I'm going to be – yeah, I'm going to be very, very into it. This is a playoff game for us, so they can't lose, Zach. Oh, boy. And they will. I know they'll lose or they'll draw, and I'll just – you know, I'll be very unhappy, but it'll be fun. Yeah, and we love getting those emotions going this time of year, especially Absolutely. with the current state of sports. It gets, so. you, gets the motor running for football season. That's right. Um, awesome. Also, real quick before we jump off, we got to obviously give some love uh, to the great Anthony Lucci's and Lucci's Slices – um, and Lucci Slices is changing the way pizzas experience. So with a wood and cold burning pizza oven strapped to a 1955, 1955, Joe, Chevrolet truck, this food truck guarantees to deliver pizza that excites your taste buds unlike any other pizza before. Uh, so the truck pre- – this is this is always – talk about stats that blow our minds, right? This truck previously served as a farm truck which spread grain seeds in the fields and coming full circle, the finely milled flour – is now being used to create handcrafted pizzas at events all throughout southeastern Pennsylvania, especially now that the coronavirus is over. So, you know, that actually, it's nice. That obviously is going to be really good. He can get his truck out there and we can finally get some pizza. Um, so all pizzas are created on site. And like I said, they all use natural ingredients. It's from scratch, folks. Um, everything from the dough, the sauce, the toppings, even the cheese is made by Lucci Slices to provide a pizza that is the true taste that pizza lovers out there are searching for. Uh, so learn more about it at luchislices.com and experience what people have been, or I guess what you're missing. And like I said, follow them uh, on Facebook and Instagram for some more mouthwatering photos. And like I said, he'll have all those updates of when he's getting his truck up and running, especially with all the coronavirus stuff, he'll take care of you. So, you know, and I'll say while we're at it, if we're just in, in the, the, feel, the, the spirit of giving, uh, why don't you give us a follow on Twitch, right? If you're on there right now, you haven't followed us, you can go up there, follow that heart to the left and give it a little click, click. Uh, and that'll give us the follow, or you can go to the right. And if you have Amazon Prime, or if you don't, you can subscribe to us. It's free with Prime. If it's not, it's $4.99, uh, which, Zach, especially for this holiday weekend, just, just say no to that last Coors Light at 1.30 in the morning if you're at Lacoste and Seattle, right? You can you can say no to that. And, and check us out real quick on social media while we're at it. Spotify and iTunes uh, are where all the uh, audio episodes are if you, if you can't check us out on Twitch. Um, and if you want to check us out on Twitch and you're listening on Spotify and iTunes, it's twitch.tv slash get underscore sidetrack. Uh, check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit at underscore uh, get sidetracked. I was about to say dot com, but I was thinking about the website there. Uh, <laughs> at underscore get sidetracked. And then visit our website, www.get-sidetrack.com. All right. It's a holiday weekend. You guys got any fun plans? You excited? Yeah, I think I'm going to try to spend some time outside, maybe do a little hike and uh, maybe either do do Get the grill fired up or go out there. Yeah. yeah, something nice. There we go. Maybe get the links out there this weekend. That'd be nice. Yeah. We should do it. We should. Oh, man. I can't wait for the those first burgers. I don't think I've actually had burgers and dogs so far this year off the grill. And I'm sure we're going to be doing a lot of that on Saturday. Oh, so, yeah. You know, oh, my God. Yeah. Beer, Chris, burgers, dogs. We're going to Chris Brown's pool party. And I, I'll just, it should be a good I'll, time. I'll just leave it out there. It doesn't have to necessarily mean we're going to the rap artist, you know, but that's right. I'm not going to say we're not. Right? Because that makes us at least look cooler if I say, if I don't say we're not, you know. There you go. <laughs> um, awesome. We hope everyone has an awesome uh, holiday weekend and, you know, everyone stays safe. Um, we'll be back on the air. So it's funny. We just get Friday off in general. So we'll be back on the air uh, Monday at seven o'clock and we'll recap the holiday weekend. But like I said, we want to thank everyone, um, you know, all the troops and everyone for their, and the frontline workers for their uh, salute, you know, salute service and everything. Uh, and we'll see everyone right here in the living room at seven o'clock on Monday. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Later.